This week, we piggyback off our friends at WIU TV and Radio. A few weeks ago, they had EIU Athletic Hall of Fame member Ken Waddell on as a guest for their Issues and Attitudes program. Waddell was a longtime fixture in the radio industry in the Coles County area and served as the voice of the Panther football team during the 1980s and 1990s. With their permission, this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast, number 79 in our series, is a brief rebroadcast of their recent conversation with Waddell. We are now in our second season of EIU Panthers podcast, and you can hear any of our previous episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Search EIU Panthers podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio podcast. It was also recently added to Amazon podcast and Audible, so you can simply ask Alexa to play EIU Panthers podcast to start listening today. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or office? Then visit consolidated.com today. Another week of award winners for EIU student-athletes as Dustin Hatfield and Lindsey Carlson were both named the OVC Male and Female Track Athletes of the Week after smashing school records in the 10,000-meter run at the Mount Sac Relays in California. Christos Kyril and Thomas Wallace were named the OVC Men's Doubles Team of the Week after the pair won two conference matches last weekend. Action continues for the EIU baseball team as they play a weekend series at Lakeland College in Mattoon this weekend, and the EIU softball team is at home. The spring game for EIU football play also takes place this Saturday with an 11 o'clock kickoff. For the latest updates on schedules, team news, scores, stats, and more, be sure to visit us online at eiupanthers.com, the official home of EIU athletics. You can also follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast, as EIU Athletic Hall of Famer Ken Waddell talks about his long history in the radio industry and some highlights from his time as the voice of the Panthers. Once again, thanks to our friends over at WIU TV and radio for allowing us to rebroadcast this week's episode. And a good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Issues and Attitudes. My name is Jeff Owens, general manager of WEIU. My co-host is Muhammad's favorite son, Tristan Thomas. Good afternoon. And we're very excited today. I have a very special guest in studio here in, at EIU, Mr. Ken Waddell. Thank you. Thank you. I was thinking about what to call you because we always, when our guests, it's like the mayor of Charleston, the mayor of Mattoon. I just put broadcaster. That's just good enough. Yeah, I suppose it lasted a long time, so that's probably right. Now, when I finally got his number to call to get him here, this is a great story. It's a Thursday at noon, and you know where this man was Thursday at noon? Where's that? He was inside a local establishment in Mattoon having lunch at noon at the age of 95. I thought that was so cool. Here's Ken Waddell at a bar having lunch Thursday at noon. That just that embodies what you're about. Well, I try to keep moving, you know. <laughs> I don't want to slow down too much until I have to. I understand. Well, again, thanks for coming over. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, broadcasting. Why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about the early history of Ken Waddell's education and broadcasting career? Because uh, that's maybe the stuff that we don't know about. Then we'll get into some of the more recent things. Well, after, um, after high school, which uh, was in Michigan, by the way, I immediately left. I had an aunt uh, living in Champaign. And uh, I could go there, you know, and probably not have to pay too much, <laughs> like free. And so... Um, I did. I I hitchhiked down to uh, Champaign and uh, arranged a chance to go to the radio station. And it was uh, 
the year I graduated in high school in uh, in 43 and this is in 49 in between and there was World War two uh, various other things that came along and so I end up in 49 well I had an interview at the radio station and I was hired because men were hard to find at that time they were getting out of the service and uh, being in the Air Force, they had nothing to do with us, so they put us in with, uh, I, I remember forever, I was uh, discharged with the 45 or 65 uh, number. Now somehow we were numbered from 100 on down, and the bigger your number, the quicker you get out of the service. And of course I didn't have the number with 65, so uh, anyway, I got out with that crew. and. Uh, my experience in radio was with uh, DWS for a while, and then I realized I could get 25 cents more per hour by working over WILL, so I went over there. They were very demanding because uh, they had several un unabridged dictionaries around for you to look at, and <laughs> they made, it, made sure you saw those dictionaries. So that was the way it all started, and uh, following Illinois, I... Uh, there again, the service uh, left a lot of guys looking for a job. Many of them, and uh, I was not one, but many of them were married. Some had children. Uh, there were your A's and B's, and I mean, you worked pretty hard to get your grade, plus getting in even. So uh, uh, anyway, my experience was uh, going, I traveled in Ohio and Illinois and uh, Indiana, up Michigan. Went to a lot of stations on that route, but uh, no openings. And uh, auditioned several places. But finally, I went through Mattoon, and they were going to have FM in a short time in 49. And so uh, they, um, uh, I guess it was after 49. Anyway, I'm trying to get the years straightened out. But I went on down, and I was hired at Mount Vernon. They... Um, they seemed to have a big turnover somehow. The manager and the owner uh, disagreed. He would call on the telephone and tell the manager to get rid of so-and-so. <laughs> he heard something he didn't like. No, that uh, I got out of there when they called from Mattoon because I probably was, maybe I impressed them enough that uh, when FM went on the air, I did that. What year was that? Yeah, well... I'm, I'm went to Mattoon. I came to Mattoon in '49. Okay, so, so right around then. I'm I'm lying about how long it was from six, 43, getting out of high school. Um, it wasn't any six years in there. So I graduated. and must have started at Illinois. It took three and a half years. I went to summer school. I don't recommend that. You're studying forever, <laughs> and uh, year-round summer school, uh, four hours in the summer school takes a lot of study and it's every day it isn't every other day like your typical yeah. thing for a long uh, range the first to second semesters and by the way uh, we did have a, a semester situation at Illinois at that time and I just wanted you to know how much it cost for tuition now there were other things but all of forty dollars each semester wow. for tuition now, it was a lot of money in those days, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, we made it. <laughs> Happy to want to pay these prices today. There you go. And then you, when you started WLBH, that's really where your main career went? And yes, about almost 40 years. 40 years About five there. months of having that budget. 
and no sooner got there than they started doing some sports and I was involved in that of course football basketball we did a lot of area games which yeah. uh, is good experience yeah and how did you I guess did you always want to be involved in in sports broadcasting or did that just kind of pop up no I, I really wanted to be in that I uh, from from high school on I would profess that probably the main uh, influence I had was the uh, my speech teacher in high school. And uh, you, you wonder sometimes what effect the teachers have. And s certainly he had a lot of effect on me. Uh, I was speaking at the high school every once in a while. I was a farm boy. So uh, I did, uh, the FFA had contests in different places. So I, I spoke a lot and he suggested that I should do something with my voice, whatever it is. and. And so it's worked out, but uh, it, I think, I often think of that. I taught two classes over here for about eight years after retirement. And uh, you do have an influence on the students, maybe. You hope you do. Uh, it's a little different when you teach than when you're on the other end of the stick, I guess. But uh, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed the students being older, I was talking to younger students that have their whole life ahead of them. And I found that every class I ask, and I would say probably 80% of those students were working, doing something. So Charleston and the area was good to them, but you take uh, minimum wage, even though it's low, it's getting higher, uh, 10 hours, that's, uh, uh, that's a minimum wage. Well, that gives you a chance to do something on the weekends that maybe your parents didn't want to see you spend money on. So uh, <laughs> anyway, it, uh, that's, the, that's the goal, to try to, to, to get to those students a little bit. Every class you would find, oh, six or eight that were really interested in what you were saying. And then a lot of your students, the majority, uh, were there for a grade. They wanted, they wanted a good grade. Uh, and you can understand that. I can relate to that, even though I maybe have forgotten a lot about school. But uh, I, I know you've got to have a couple of men that are so-called easier, not easy, but easier than your major. And so that may, takes a lot of time. But well, and I think you taught people, um, other than your students, but you taught a lot of people in the area via broadcasting and being a manager at WLBH with some of the yeah. stuff that you, you did. When, when someone's there for 40 years like you, you've met a lot of people. And when I told people we were going to do this show, oh, it's the golden voice is back on the air today. <laughs> uh, so you, you, you touched a lot of people's lives. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show right. uh, to talk about some of those things. I hope that's right. And not just in Mattoon, Charleston, but it, it's in the area around here that we serve. And so um, you have a responsibility when you have a microphone and people might possibly be listening to you. And what you say means a lot. I had the call-in show for a long time, and that was a true test because you spend a lot of time without a caller. And if I had to fill in for you once on that, and it was <laughs> it, it was 25 minutes of begging people to call in. And well, you do learn a little you bit, do. don't you, learn, you, right there? Yep, you give the forecast a lot and the phone number a lot and <laughs> pray. Um, let's talk a little bit about your broadcasting. Did you ever think about how many games that you did? Yes, I, I did. Um, 
and I, off the hand, on my cuff, I, I had something like 1,800 uh, basketball and 500 and some in football. But uh, I kept somewhat of a log for many, many years, and then I worked at it to try to figure out how many you did. But, you know, we state tournaments and uh, regular tournaments. Uh, you have a lot of ball games per year. I mean, per uh, outing, you go in one night and have a couple of ball games. Um, it wasn't anything to do. Two, I, I have a few experiences with my throat, and uh, at the state tournament, well, that usually takes it out of you. You do three or four ball games a day or more, yeah. and uh, you have repercussions. But it was fun. We obviously have a student here, Al Tristan. You gotta, well, yeah. yeah. What's yeah, so I uh, initially, what I wanted to do was play-by-play -play sports uh, until I switched to the TV route. I guess, uh, what, what was your favorite sport to call? Uh, that's hard to answer. I, I think, because I like it, football would probably be, uh, maybe because it's a little slower. Of course, in, in basketball, I like in uh, uh, sports broadcasting, I... I like the idea that I probably would classify myself as old school and guys like Mike Brad who Eastern's lucky to have him around I think he's tremendous and he does everything he keeps a rundown during the game how can you do a basketball game fast as they move today they didn't move that fast when I <laughs> was doing play-by-play -play. but today these guards are absolutely impossible they're right well, I use some terms that I don't want to use on the air, but they're right on you all the time. And uh, anyway, um, it uh, I would say that football is probably, uh, it's a tough game to introduce. I first started football, uh, Pat O'Brien was the uh, coach over here, and uh, he had just gotten out of the service. And That's people so said, cool. Yeah, I don't know. People said, uh, Pat O'Brien, uh, Boy, you better be really careful because he's a mean man and he'll be on you right quickly. I thought, how's he going to talk to me? I'm in radio. I'm not playing football. Now, he demanded a lot out of his football players. And at that day, you didn't recruit New York and Pennsylvania. You, you recruited Mount Olive. We had five starters on one football team from Mount Olive. And Pat O'Brien ran a tough school. He won several ball games, But... Uh, uh, he took me under his wing. I probably learned, I, if I learned anything about football, I probably learned more from him than anyone. What, uh, what about EI? Is there a, a one or two EIU football games that just stand out that you, you'll never forget that you're a part of them? Yes. <laughs> the one that uh, we beat Northern Iowa here. And uh, we had the field goal that uh, won the ball game. And uh, Daryl Mudra, who used to coach at Eastern, was the coach at uh, Northern Iowa, and he just managed to lose that, but he was on the elevator down, going down on the back of O'Brien Stadium when he heard the crowd roar and he knew something was bad. So uh, <laughs> he didn't get to see that. And I remember it particularly because a good friend of mine was, was uh, Sean Payton, and a tremendous fellow, as we found out later in the NFL. Did okay for himself. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sean was down there, uh, Al Moley was our coach, and Sean was begging with just a few seconds left 
to allow him to throw. I can throw that far, and I'll hit that receiver, and he'll score a touchdown. Well, Mudra didn't believe that. Mudra said, let him kick a field goal, 56 yards or so. 58. on grass. Now, that's not turf, and it makes an awful difference. And uh, so it was impossible that he would make a field goal. (laughs) But the coach overruled the player, the quarterback, and that ball went through the uprights, and that had to be the most exciting game that I've ever been involved in. It was the craziest day I've ever remember on campus at Eastern. Oh. I was at the game, and that, that day was crazy. So you're it, right. I was, oh, me and Ramin were both hoping that was going to be your, your guess, but we didn't, yeah. want to, we didn't want to tease it before. Oh, quickly. So. Uh, yes, that was, that was the most. There were several that were good, but uh, and now your, your football coach here at Eastern is Chris Wilkerson. Yep. And there was a moment where um, Bob Spoo, bless his heart, at 25 years, and uh, somewhere in that spirit, period of time, his job was up for being, uh, you know, canceled. Yep. Well, we had four games left, and uh, two of them were, uh, well, Bob, first of all, he knew that that was it for that season, and we weren't the greatest. Uh, we had, didn't, the record didn't indicate that we were good, so well, I guess we weren't. But there were two games that we were supposed to win, you would think, and two games that we were really out of it and not going to win. And do you know that Chris Wilkerson, with help from a few others, uh, echoed the idea that if you want, don't want to win and you don't want to play these games, there's the door and now is the time, so we'll see you later and thanks for everything you've done. And do you know we won all four games? And I, I think because maybe because I liked Bob and he was for everything good, uh, I say that meaning maybe disrespect for other coaches, but I don't mean it that way. But he was for everything good. Oh, and uh, at 25 years, a great legacy here at Eastern, that's wonderful. Yep. So anyway, um, maybe that's the story of it. I hope it makes a little sense. Maybe. Oh, no, those are good. That's what, that's why you're here. Um, <laughs> broadcasting partners, can you talk about some of the people you work with over the years? Oh, well, at some one time, the speech department man was uh, the analyst on their Doug Bach, and Doug's still in Charleston. Yeah, Doug's around, yep. Um, but I, um, in high school, you have, I mean, when you're doing high school games, you have a lot of different people that help you out yeah and so i i hesitate to, and i didn't have anyone that was real permanent so maybe that would uh, i also know john smith who's still here in town uh, he was doing a few games for me for a couple of years <laughs> one game we won we were going along and we came from behind and in the fourth quarter we won it we were on the road and john forgot that he wasn't a coach and so <laughs> When we won the ball game, John pushes his chair back, gets up, and he's gone. I'm all alone. Uh, well, uh, so long, John. And he laughed about that later. <laughs> he said, I just completely forgot where I was. I wanted to go to the locker room right away. <laughs> so that was another satellite. Did you do other sports besides football and basketball? Oh, did you do some baseball? And- I did a little baseball. We didn't do too much. The main thing, and you and I talked about landlines we used to have to order one in for every game and 
nowadays they use the telephone, and if it rains, they're not out that money. But if you call Illinois Consolidated and order a line to be put in a certain time, you pay for it if it rains or you don't use it. And consequently, if you order a baseball, and in baseball season, you order a line in Danville, and it's rained out, and they're quick to do that and yeah. postpone them, and you're out the money. So we, we didn't take that much of a gamble, but uh, did some at home, and we had a few tournaments in Mattoon. Yeah, we've had a couple, two or three. Uh, really like great. Yeah, I really like the, the the story about the the coach just getting up and leaving. I guess by muscle memory um, after the game. Do you have any other funny stories like that of, well, of wacky know, moments that but happened you, on the air? If you ask John Smith, he will remember that because <laughs> uh, he did, and he admitted it right away. I should I should have stayed, and I said, Yeah, you could have answered That's one or two questions. <laughs> yeah, you could let me catch my breath after <laughs> that big game. But. Boy, anyway. Are there other stories? I think it's a great question, Tristan. That I do is other broadcasting stories that kind of ring a bell that you just love to share today. Well, we've about ten minutes left. So in in basketball, uh, yes, the two I would know, and I'm not sliding Charleston. Uh, you had a, probably the greatest player out of Charleston in my mind was uh, Rex Morgan, and uh, Rex when I got second in the nation was yep. uh, Celtics' first uh, draft choice. Uh, anyway, um, uh, then Bill Tate was finished in Mattoon at the time I got there, but I did have a chance to see Jim Prophet, and Jim got hurt at Northwestern and couldn't uh, play a lot of times um, because of that, but he was a great high school player. I don't see the in different respects, and it's hard to figure the two out. I didn't see Bill Tate except by tape. I uh, saw, I played, and in college he did well. But um, that that trip we had when we played basketball at Alney, um, uh, Steve Spitz, who is a citizen now of Charleston, and uh, uh, Mike Snap, and um, oh, Jim Bailey, some of those, um, we we played we played twice against St. Anthony. And we won one and went to the state and lost to Belleville over here in Charleston. Then the other, uh, that's the one we won, and then we lost by one or two points. Uh, we played St. Anthony, and they had Keller, John Keller, I believe. Yep. Anyway, he was from Indiana, and over there at that time, you shot and you didn't worry about defense. <laughs> I'm not sure he ever practiced defense, <laughs> but... <laughs> Boy, he could sure run. And if you played St. Anthony, you you ran with him, or else you got o run over. But uh, it was quite a quite a series we had. Did you do the game where Matt was up by 20 at Lincoln? Yes. In the in the, in the, in the well, that that was. They had Chuck Verderber, Mattoon had Mike Dow, and we thought for sure we were going to go to state that year. And then out of nowhere, Verderber just took over that second half. And and he played. To show how good he was on their 1-2-2 two, two zone, he was always number one right out in front. And uh, you you meet him, you know, he went on to college and did very well. Yep. So, um, yes, I I was there. And uh, <laughs> I, I, too, swallowed. And <laughs> Coach Bob Avery had a fit, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Do you have some of those games on tape? Do you have do you keep an archive? No, I, uh -huh. I, I do have, uh, I, I shouldn't say no. I transferred a, a bit of tape. Uh, 
over onto uh, 45s, and I have it at home. Uh, I've never listened to any of them. That guy was terrible on the air, you know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you mentioned uh, some of the, some of the uh, with the, the landline and having to order that, and that's a lot different than uh, the way you know radio broadcasts of games are done today. Are, is there anything else you look at in today how you know a broadcast is done today and go, wow, that would be so much easier yeah. if we could have done that, you know? Um, well, I don't know. Now they sell it a lot differently nowadays. <laughs> Cromwell does. They have first downs and touchdowns, and I don't know how the play-by-play announcer Greg Powers ever <laughs> keeps up with that. Yeah. I've told him I, I think I'd have to throw my hands up. I, I couldn't do it. But maybe that's a little like uh, keeping the uh, stats as as Mike Brad does while watching them running up. <laughs> you're I can't write and talk at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I think he wrote that program by himself, too. He didn't go buy a program. He did that to himself to, so he can actually do it and broadcast. So that's well, even better. Yes, think about what Mike does. That's tremendous. Yeah. That's uh, uh, Old-time announcers didn't know anything about that at all. But And we, we thought we were doing a fine job by making the game and getting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a little more magical than back then. It was still yeah. early, and people were amazed that it was on. Well, Whereas now we're kind of, oh, it's a game, you know. So it has things. Change of, things have changed. We're talking with Ken Waddell today on Issues and Attitudes. Ken, what about a player on another team that you just were absolutely just amazed by? Football, basketball, doesn't matter. It could be college or high school. You're just like, wow, I'm glad I got to call that game. Well, um, I enjoyed the Charleston uh, 16-team tournament at Christmas. Um, Lawrenceville over-dominated it. Maybe Belleville, but Lawrenceville was a lot. Felling was in his heyday coaching then, I think. He had talent, too. I wouldn't criticize that. They moved in very nicely. Um, But right now, you have one here at Eastern, the basketball coach. And, And Marty Simmons did it all by himself. I mean, those other fellows... There were all state players with him. Now, I wouldn't have anything against any of Marty Simmons' teammates, but he was a standout among them, and they won. And uh, he he was sensational among any talent that was at the tournament. So uh, I hope he has some success here at Eastern. Recruitment's the name of the game. And I, I hope he can do that. We've had him on, and you, you can understand why players would want to play for him. Well, you would run, you'd run through a wall for him. I th- I, he'll be, he'll be good. That's it's going to take a while. Yes, it will take a while because you have to recruit, and that's tough. There you go. A couple of more questions uh, with Kim Waddell. Advice to young broadcasters. We have one in here, but we, I know there's going to be some people tuning into this. Advice to young broadcasters out there. You know. Well, he's um, right now. He's going to do it. He's going to finish school and go out where it's warm in North Dakota <laughs> and uh, you'll learn a lot and you'll you'll have opportunities and you're going to plan do that play by play you've been promised that you'll do something then that's great uh, you learn a great deal and uh, so I uh, I would say that uh, you, you maybe you'll fall into it or something but make the most out of it well, I wish you the best of luck well, thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. Um, any any other big moments from your career that you well, think back on of of you know a memorable memorable game, memorable well, call, maybe? We um, we had the ball game at uh, Lincoln where we were football, and uh, it started raining, and then lightning came, and 
they called the game. The field was so far, it must have been a quarter of a mile to the high school where they had to go in order to, to just get under cover. And it was lightning all the time they were going. And they, we stayed in that booth, and it rocked a lot. It was on pillars of some sort. <laughs> and so um, it lasted a long time. We signed off and went into the gym, and our players were all sitting around uh, with their uniforms on, wet and miserable. <laughs> then uh, all of a sudden, here a bunch of guys go by, dressed, uh, had a homecoming dance, and they were going to the dance. I bet those guys played football. So they asked, and the coach told uh, Dickerson, whom you remember, and yeah. uh, well, we're gonna have you come back tomorrow and we'll play the game. And he said, no, we came up here tonight to play the game. We're not coming tomorrow. And the other guy said, yes, you are. And he said, well, no, we're not. So we didn't. And uh, they counted it as a win. We were winning when the storm came. And uh, we counted it as a win, so I guess everyone won that day. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> we have just a little over a minute left, Kimodell. Ken. 95 years old, still doing a lot for the community, coming over here today, and, and you can tell you got that great voice. How does Kim Waddell want to be remembered? Well, Talk about yourself just for, you know, 30 seconds. Well, anyway, I, uh, I hope that I've influenced a few people to do some things maybe and hopefully do them well. But uh, I, I'm sure that I've touched a few lives, and I hope that's true. Uh, it's about all you can do in this life. And I think... The name, name of the game is do what you enjoy and uh, be happy. Uh, it's not any time to be sad. I mean, you got to be happy. You yourself, you raise fine kids. You hope they do well. And uh, it takes a good wife to make the kids do well. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That. Well said. Well, it's been my pleasure and Tristan's pleasure for you coming over today. You've been my radio heroes from way back when. <laughs> uh, I've told that story many times. So thank you so much for coming. Uh, and what a great career. And I wish you many more years. And uh, uh, thanks for coming over today, sir. Thanks, Jeff. You've done a good job yourself. So good life. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>